Hey, good evening, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, uh, everybody that's uh, willing uh, participants of Let's Talk. Uh, tonight, we bring you guys some current events, current news. It's, it's us three again, as usual. Uh, good, good evening, ladies. Hi, good evening. Hey. Good what's evening. Going, what's, what's going on in, uh, in y'all worlds today? Nothing. I worked to two. Um, I ran to get a couple of candles and came home, well, just living like an old the old woman, adulting. <laughs> y'all, y'all uh, reaching, y'all reaching y'all primes. Keisha, I know you had an eventful week. I had an eventful week. Um, Life altering moments. <laughs> <laughs> Stop laughing at me. Okay. Um, li listen. But when you raise good kids, children take some of the weight for you. So my son got that under uh, Shakita. I have to tell you what's going on, but yeah. So my son took on that weight. Business is popping, and I got a little part-time job that for right now I like. I I don't hate. I haven't quit. So you know things are good. Well, I like to I, I like to uh, you know congratulate you and salute. Both of you, young ladies, uh, you guys are raising young men, young warriors, future kings. Phenomenal. We have phenomenal little men that we raise. Absolutely. Well, tonight we're talking about current events. The first, well, to let the people in the audience that's watching, um, we're going to talk about four topics, hopefully. Uh, Megan Thee Stallion. Uh, uh, what's the girl, Evelyn? Evelyn and Ocho Cinco. Um, Tamar Braxton and Nick Cannon, and then we're gonna lead it off with Megan Thee Stallion. Shakita, would you like to start? I guess. <laughs> so, um, I saw a video of Megan, Kylie, um, and the pool. Um, they were having, they were having a really, really good time. And Tory Lanez was there. This was like all on Instagram one evening. And Tory Lanez was there. And I remember her yelling at him, don't get my phone wet. Like, you know, and it seemed like they was just being real friendly. They was, you know, snapping or on Instagram live, having a really, really good time. And literally by the next morning, we all woke up and Megan hurt her foot. And Tory was um, being, he was um, arrested for having a gun in a vehicle. Then maybe a little while later, um, it was, you know, reported that Megan was possibly shot and they found um, gun shells on the ground. And then as it goes further, it's Megan was shot. She had surgery on her foot to repair whatever wound. Um, and Tory was still being arrested. I think he was released or whatever. But either way, they were making it, they were insinuating that he could have possibly shot Megan. Mm -hmm. Then you saw statements from her best friend saying, it wasn't me, I didn't shoot her. And then um, you heard from her, um, someone on her team, I don't know if it was her manager or someone. And then as and late, the last thing I saw was from her bodyguard who had made a statement saying, um, saying calling um, a man a coward. They didn't say who, and that she, if I was there, this would not have happened. Um, you know, when I'm with her, um, people, if they know me, they know her. When I'm with her, I take good care of her, and she'll never go anywhere else by herself ever again. 
And she definitely did make a statement saying that um, she was shot, she was targeted, and um, she didn't she didn't say who. So, you know, everybody's been trying to figure out from who, but in the meanwhile, there are memes everywhere making jokes. Um, and, you know, there's jokes about Tory Lanes. Um, and then there's tons of memes with her running, especially there's one lately of her, um, it's like a spoof of Boys in the Hood where she's running away like Ricky and Tory Lanes is in the car in the back with a gun shooting at her. And that's when she got upset. And I think that 50 Cent posted that. And she was just like, you know, black women are just so unprotected. Like, you know, this is funny that somebody shot me and could have murdered, could have killed me. You know, that could have been the end of my life. And y'all are all here laughing and joking. She just feels like it's not funny. So as of now, nobody knows who shot her. But, you know, I think the, the, bigger, the bigger question and the topic is, you know, how protected are you? Um, as a black woman, when you're out in public and, you know, when people hear that something happened to you, how often are you blamed or how often are people, you know, trying to make light of it or make jokes? You know, it's, it's not it's not fair. Yeah, that was in, in, in a statement I, I wrote it down that you alluded to. She said black women are so unprotected and we hold so many things in to protect the feelings of others without considering our own. It might be funny to y'all on the internet and just another messy topic for you to talk about, but this is my real life and I'm hurting, I'm traumatized. Keisha, um, when I first heard this Keisha, I thought it was a scene out of Harlem Nights. And then I started realizing that allegedly that like, Yo, he shot her like for real, like, cause when I heard she got shot, I'm like, she got shot. What do you mean? Because this to me, and I'm not trying to be naive. Women getting shot usually be like mistakes or some DV type of stuff, and it's like you know, uh, I, I know we were always taught uh, protective ladies and the babies. I mean, I mean, so I'm a little taken aback by as the story is unraveling since last Saturday. Uh, Taking um, back Tori, that he might Tori have shot is not in our generation. This new generation is not about protection. Um, this new generation, I'm not going to say all of this new generation, but this new generation is very strange. Um, but I don't think that, I don't know, allegedly Tory Lane shot her. I don't think it was purposeful. I don't know what happened because I think he was taking her to the hospital. I don't know. He was taking her somewhere when he got arrested. So I don't think it was, he did it on purpose. You know, um, I agree with her. Black women aren't protected, especially in our community. And I'm, I'm going to put it out there that we're not protected by each other or black men. I don't think we're, uh, I, we're an endangered species almost. Mm. And we protect everybody. Mm. But, you know, th those are just my feelings. Those are not the feelings of Let's Talk. Those are just my feelings. <laughs> I mean, it's an it's a, it's a interesting uh, situation because I know that we have, uh, we've discussed this plenty of times on the show. And you guys have said it uh, on shows as well as in the group about feeling unprotected. And then she used the same language. So I'm like, oh. 
So this is something that um that we need to really not only just take a look yeah, at on an individual not it, 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 We didn't make it up. I said before we came on I said you know I remember there was a time when we would be able to go out with our male friends and our a group of male friends were all going to the club and we were like we want to go and they're like all right cool come you know we didn't have to worry about how we were going to pay to get in the club they covered their costs they covered the cost of whatever they were drinking we were drinking when they were in VIP, we were in VIP too. You know, if something popped off or happened, they made sure that we were safe. We either got heads up or it was back up, watch out, you know. And if somebody swung and it looked like they was coming to us, they would trample and do whatever they needed to do to care for us and protect us when we were out. You know, I, I never remember a day um, of not being out with my male friends and they don't protect me. And I have male friends to this day that if I run into them and we happen to be in the same space, if they felt like I seemed like I was in distress or something was going on, they would be like, you all right, sis, you good? You know, that's what I'm used to. And I can only imagine how she felt, you know, being out, being by herself and should have been in a company of people that she felt safe with and to be shot and then wake up and for two, three days, everybody's making fun of this on the internet. You know, it's a lot to deal with. Um, can you turn your porch light on please so we can see that beautiful face? I would be really- I'm not home. Be, okay. I would be really, well, I'm really- not, I'm not sure how to do that. I would be really pissed off too. Like, you know, like why do I, and then again, you know, you have, 50 Cent, who... Y'all see these orange nails? I'm here. <laughs> you have 50 Cent, who, you know, is always, always, without a doubt, involved in some way, shape, or form of making fun of somebody. And I think that's where she really just got fed up when she saw that meme of Boys in the Hood um, where Ricky got shot and it was her. You know, it's like, how do you make light of something I needed to have surgery on? And I needed to have surgery to correct or fix, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's difficult. Um, I still feel like um, if I go out with my brothers, my nephews, my cousins, I'm still protected. But what I will say is that growing up, I could be walking to the corner store and um, someone would say something out of the way. I was protected. Right, when I was a younger person, this new generation of people, or of men, or boys, or whatever you want to call them, is a little different, right? And I love Fifty Cent, right? And I think he's like a plaything, but some things aren't necessarily funny. Um, so some of the behaviors. And I don't want to become a man basher, but some of the behaviors that the men display, and I'm talking about black men specifically, it's like mm -hmm. women in, in, in a lot of ways. Like, um, I don't know men. I didn't raise a man that just want to sit and argue with women. And I'm not saying that these men just argue with black women. They just argue with women. That's not a man to me. A man doesn't argue with women or... You know, you want to get a fist fight with women. 
even even gay men, like you look at some of these videos and different things that's going on. It's I know gay men that be like, I'm a man at the end of the day, and I'm a protect a woman, even though sexually I like I like men. So this world ever like these men is slapping women and all this other different things. So it's just something new. I don't know what's in the water. I don't know what's in the air. I don't know what's in this COVID air, but it's like very strange. But see, I don't think that that's a new era, you know, because I know men my I know men my age. I know grown married men, men men been married 20 years, 10, 15, 20 years. And they are just as rude and nasty to women that can't do nothing for them, but can't do nothing for a woman. So I, I don't think, know you know, any men. Um, I, do. that, I don't know any. The, I, the I don't know any. I mean, I see them. We we go back and forth with them on, on posts and statuses every day. They're there. You know what I mean? But to and me, they're, they're uh, um, what do you call it? They're like a anomaly. They're not what no, I not. see in, in my everyday. They're not. They're not men that I know personally. They're not men that I know personally. But I, but there are plenty of women who interact with this type of man often, and I'm not saying that men who who get into an argument with a woman should not defend himself. Of course, if somebody said or did something to you nasty, because I know when I've 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 seen terrible interactions verbally or written right on Facebook where you know men are being outright disrespected, and by by all means they've tried as hard as they can to uh, you know avoid that. Like all right, I let you get that. But I'm I'm gonna step off. It, it, they do it, and these women keep coming for them and keep coming for them and get nasty. And sometimes you gotta get nasty back. So I'm not talking about not defending yourself. I'm talking about when you find yourself in a situation where you think that you're out with your friends, and all of a sudden, now granted, we don't know the details, but here you are out with your friends, and you think that this person is your friend, and all of a sudden, boom, you're shot in a hospital and you're having surgery on your fucking foot. That because your so-called friend shot you, I hope it's a mistake. But for her to say, I don't feel as a black woman, I don't feel protected. I think that has everything to do with thinking you should be safe when you are out with your friends and also coming onto the Internet, knowing I as a woman has been have been shot, targeted and shot. And all of the jokes and all of it. Here's the thing to me. Another rapper have gotten shot. Arm, chest, leg, whatever. By another rapper, people will be like, "Oh my God, pray for him. I hope he's okay." The 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 reposting of the songs, everything. They would act like this man was on his deathbed. But targeted makes it seem like that Tory Lanez targeted her. So to me, we need more of the story. Did he target her, or was he taking her to the hospital? Because. When he was arrested, they were in the car together. She said, whether or not he was the person who shot her, her last statement this evening was, as a black woman, I don't feel protected. That's what she said. She said, to I don't me, feel I, I, get, I get that. But to me, he were, if he was en route to take her to somewhere to get help, then he was protecting her. I can't. Yeah, that's the I, case I, I, the I can't. That's what she's talking about. Right, but so what I'm saying is, I can't say that I don't feel protected from my. She she can, but I'm saying from a from a a holistic high level, I can't say that I don't feel protected 
from my friends or, you know, the men around me. Now, what I can say that in certain spaces, the less talk group, I might not have felt protected, whereas people may have came at me sideways. But then what I will say within the less talk group, it was women who protected their abuser. So th that's a thing that's in our community. It's just not the men. I don't know. So what's your thoughts perspective, Quentin? But again, she's saying, I don't feel protected as a black woman. And she's saying that she was targeted and shot. Who cares? Like, if it wasn't him, it wasn't him. But she was still targeted and shot. I think so that's um, what she's saying. She woke, up to this, she woke up and everybody's been making fun of her for three days for being shot. She's saying, I don't feel safe because I was shot and targeted and because people are making fun of me and talking about me and making light of the situation. And I, for one, believe that if it was, if she was a man, a black man who was shot and targeted, I feel like the whole, the reaction of everybody's would be different. I think that this that is- That guy too, because what's that guy, Touchstone or whatever? It was somebody else shot in New York and they made just as many jokes about- I don't know who that is. Yeah, it happened though. So I, but I, so my thing is, the jokes that I took were less about her and was more about Tory Lanez. I think that um, <laughs> I think, I think that that allegedly, if he did shoot her, it might have. You know, I know reading the story, it said that he shot in the vehicle, or somebody shot in the vehicle. All of this is alleged until the uh, police uh, released the story. So this is why I have to keep saying it. And um. I think it's twofold. I think that um, her saying she might not be protected and making her statement about black women, it speaks volumes about uh, not just her specifically, but she's speaking generally as well. I mean, I think she had a moment where she thought maybe because of her stardom that people would be more concerned about her health and her well-being but not realizing, like, yo, 99% of the people that follow you on Instagram, Megan Stallion, is people that want to look at your behind or people that just want to look at controversy. Like, they don't know you personally. They don't know your well-being. They don't know your, your family. So I think she was looking for love and compassion from the Internet. And the Internet ain't about that. The Internet is about you selling yourself, you becoming a celebrity, getting all these... As they say, fans. Yeah, I can't see my face, but I'm making faces like Shakita. But so here's my question. Let me finish. Well, we got to understand that fans is short for fanatics. So the same way they love you is going to be the same way they try to tear you down. And this is from what I know about her. This is the first bit of controversy she's really, really been in. So mm -hmm. now when she got shot, she's seen the evilness, the memes. Other celebrities uh, liking these memes. So it may have showed her like, yo, I'm really hurting. I'm traumatized. I ain't never been shot. I'm not. And being shot, period, is traumatized. So, like. so, so dealing with that, then now she feel like, oh, I don't feel protected. This is how. Mm -hmm. I, now I agree with my sisters where I don't feel that protection. Like, yo, nobody. All you got to do is just inbox me and be like, yo, you, you good? Keep your head up. How you help? Sometimes that's all some people need, but celebrities have to understand that the same ones that will boost you up and allow you to be their celebrities will allow you, will watch you fall, and they will kick a man 
slash woman while they down. So wait, let me ask y'all this. Do y'all think that she's not protected as a black woman or a celebrity? Do you think that she's playing on I'm a black because that's been polarized that black women are not protected? So she's just jumping on that bandwagon, but she really feels like she's not protected as a celebrity? Well, see, because I feel to a certain degree that I'm not protected as a black woman, I'm mindful about where I go, who I'm going to be around. And when I'm out somewhere, I'm very aware of my surroundings because I just if I'm not out with, you know, my group that I think is paying attention to me and caring about me, I could never put myself in a situation where my guard is completely down, where I'm having so many drinks that I'm drunk or um you know, I'm going to walk somewhere dark and, you know, un uh, somewhere suspicious and dark because, you know, I think I'm a woman and people are going to respect that. And I'm a black woman and no black man is going to let anything happen to me. Like, absolutely not. Right. So <clears throat> she could feel that way um, in, in, in both instances, like because I'm a celebrity, I'm unprotected. And because I'm a black woman, I'm unprotected. And I think a lot of times people who have who are in a different tax bracket, you know, think that they're exempt from certain things from happening or going on with them. You know, here you are at this, uh, you know, celebrity pool party. And I'm sure she thought, you know, I'm safe. This is Kylie Jenner's uh -huh. pool party. I'm safe. I'm good. Nobody. Nothing's going to happen to me. Nothing's going to go wrong with me. But I bet Kylie was safe. Right. So you need to you. She's going to have she's going to have to rethink things when she goes out and she's around people that she thinks as, as her friends, because, you know, if you were t shot, targeted and shot, whether it was by him or whomever, you clearly see you're unsafe now. So you need to be careful. And I feel like this happens a lot to our black celebrities, just in general, right? They go out, they go places, shots are fire, things are, ha things are happening and things are going on with them. They need to, and, and we say, oh, you need to be careful about where you go and, and who you're around and, you know, change your company and all this other stuff. But sometimes you just have to make sure that you're protected. And that's usually by hiring security or being mindful of who you're around. You know, I think it's a, a, it's a learning experience, but I'm not going to discredit her feelings. I think she might, I personally don't think that she's trying to play on black women. I, again, I'm telling you, as she's a black woman, she was targeted and shot. And just the reaction of everybody, I think, speaks volumes. I think that I think that that in itself proves to some degree that what she said is correct. Well, Keisha, you have any more on that issue? I'm I, I really um, did you answer me though? What, what do you think? Do you think that I, I think um, that um I think it's twofold. I think that so um, you don't think she was utilizing a black woman's experience. Um to fit her own, you feel like I think that I think that what she realized number one is that celebrities are not treated equal, right, right, wrong, and indifferent. Mm -hmm. um, they get all they get all the praise, but they're going to get all the criticism that, that comes is. that comes with being a celebrity. Mm -hmm. um, the, the 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 black women angle is is unfortunate because if she is playing on that stereotype, not not stereotype. Let's say if she is playing on that angle, it's really reality. Sad. If it's she's really, playing on that reality, it, it's, it's a sad. reality. But... It's sad because at the end of the day, we 
uh, as people that love the culture, we have to take it serious. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. if she's playing on that, she can get that for right now until we see otherwise. I mean, that's something that we, as, as this people that love the culture, we have to give people the benefit of the doubt when they say a, re- a, a, a reality that we know is true. Um, if, if, if 10 women tell you they don't feel protected, they don't feel protected. I mean, I don't, like I told y'all um, privately and I told y'all on the show, sometimes when we talk about issues like this, I don't understand it. Um, but I know as having a lot of females in my life um, that sometimes you need to just be there and listen to them. And your absence, because uh, I've been absent out of, the, out of their lives at some time in my life, that sometimes your presence alone means more to them than anything. So I get where you guys are coming from when it when it comes to that. Which leads me to my next issue. And this is why it's tricky because we go to an issue that it could be a man putting violence on a woman to uh, some more allegations with uh, Evelyn Lozado and Ocho Cinco. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Shakita. <clears throat> so, someone tweeted Chad and asked him, I think, how does he stay positive? Um, how does he stay positive? How does he stay afloat? Something of the nature. And he said, you know, a decision. He's like, I made a decision. Um, I made a decision within three seconds or something like that. And it cost me my livelihood. You know, it cost me everything. And he said, you know, I've given I've been given a second chance to rebuild, to have more than I had before. And I will never risk that, you know, that again, that piece or whatever it was again. And Evelyn lost her shit like she went bonkers. She started um, posting on Instagram um, saying like I get insinuating that he was being insensitive, that it was more than three seconds. Um, it was more than three seconds. It happened more than one time, you know, that she's a battered woman and she apologized to everybody, her friends, her family, his friends, family, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, you know, I'm tired of reliving this. You know, he gets to bring it up however he wants to bring it up and make light of it. And, you know, I just don't feel as though, you know, it's something to make light of or to be played with. You know, um, I was abused. I was battered. And, I, you know, anytime I try to get past it, he brings it up again. She does this video. It was about five to seven minutes long. And she was like, she was, I mean, bawling her eyes out, you know, tears, snot, saliva, everything. She was like, she was losing it. And she just felt disrespectful, disrespected and felt like, you know, I just want to live my life and move past this. And every time he brings it up, it brings everything back to me. And I just can't seem to, you know, get past it. And I watched bits and pieces of the video. I skimmed around because it was very difficult to watch. And when I was done, I said to myself, you know, she really needs therapy. She really, really needs therapy. And I don't know if she's going to therapy. I think if she was, maybe she would have consulted her therapist before she went online. I can see her. I can see every time he mentions it, 
her being upset. I can't imagine her, every time he mentions it, having a five to seven minute video and needing to post for everybody to see and call him out. My, my, my thing is, you don't know what he was talking about. And I'm, I'm guessing it was probably that. Cause I, I, you know, I don't know him, but it seems like that has been the biggest thing that has ever happened to him that has affected his career. So I, I can make the, I'm making the same assumption she's making by saying he was probably discussing their situation. But she's just in a great deal of pain. Um, I, I can't, I, from the outside looking in, I don't, I don't think it warranted that type of reaction. And I'm not saying that she can't react and respond how she wants, but to see her in so much physical pain just from him mentioning it, she would, I feel like she would benefit so much from ongoing therapy. If any time it is brought up, that's how you feel. And she could be feeling that way because she maybe she felt like he made light of it. Um, I don't know if having a conversation with him would have helped her, right? Like if she would have called him and said, you know, what do you mean? You know, what are you trying to say? Um, you, she called him recently, I think the last season of Basketball Wives, when OG was saying that he was trying to, to date her. She wanted to clarify. She wanted to, you know, get get the get the get the truth. She was texting him. She said that they were friends. So here you have this friend who said something that triggered you and upset you. Maybe it would have benefited her to call him on the phone and say, you know, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Are you talking about us? You know, are you trying to imply or trying to say that that this was something, you know, small? Because I feel like you were trying to make it seem really, really small and it hurt my feelings. You know, I, I wasn't sure. And, and, you know, like maybe that would have helped before she was so physically upset. Like she, like, I, I don't, I don't know if you guys saw the video, but she was like, she was messed up. I'm for, any, uh, for, any, for anybody in the chat that would like to join the discussion, you're more than welcome to comment. I, I can see the comments. Uh, make sure that you like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube and Periscope as well and on Facebook. So it will allow the algorithm to trigger so that, uh, the, the page can grow. Keisha, what's your thoughts on it, young lady? I'm waiting for the train to go by. Um, Evelyn is full of bananas and applesauce. <laughs> and my Peter Brady voice, let me let my sub suburban uh, upbringing come out. Like, she was like boohoo crying. He didn't, he didn't mention her or whatever. Um, I'm not like a big football or whatever sport he played. Um, but Ocho Cinco, he was getting to the money, right? <laughs> I here's my thing: if he was whooping your ass for breakfast, lunch, and dinner prior to that, and you stayed, like I don't listen. I'm not gonna make light of a battered woman. I don't understand it, but I'm not going to make light of it. But she's so vocal and so um, aggressive. I almost don't believe it. Right? But you know, those be the ones that be getting their head knocked off, though. And it's secret. But here's the thing. But she so called him. 
She called him last year because she felt like someone was saying something that she didn't agree with and she said they were friends. So so what are we to believe? Right. If you're that ups- if you and him are friends and you're that physically upset for him bringing it up. I just feel like and he and again, he didn't really speak on that point. He was speaking of he was speaking of himself personally. Like that's another thing I think we have to understand. Granted, he if granted he he did something that physically harmed her, but he also went through it himself. So if he's saying I made this bad decision in a, in a in a within in a split moment, I made this terrible decision that caused me harm and strife in my life and my career, and he's excuse me giving the advice to another young man. Isn't that what we're always asking black men to do? Yes, and to do those things. So here he is doing that. This is not the first time that he's done that because he was on VH1 with his crazy ass mama. Mm -hmm. And he talked about the situation and how he lost his career and all this other stuff. Let me, can I ask you guys a question? So what's her issue though? I don't, I don't mean to be funny when I ask this question. Mm -hmm. Um, I did know who Ocho Cinco was because I do watch football. Mm-hmm. I, I knew him mm-hmm. before he changed his name. Mm-hmm. Chad. Who who is she? Like, did she have a career before him? <clears throat> was she known? He was on basketball wives, so that's how we knew her. Okay. The reason the he reason why I, the reason why I asked this, so she, so when she came on basketball wives, she came as his girlfriend, right? No, so, no, okay. she came on basketball wives because she used to date this other uh, she was she was engaged to another uh, a professional athlete. So she was on been, Basketball Wives for been, quite a might, while. Might have been Michael Alawa Candy. Okay. Maybe. And Ocho. Hey, I don't, I don't done, remember him. Ocho had just done um, the reality show with. Um, who he, He'd done a reality show with somebody briefly, like dating them. I can't remember who it was. And then it seemed like when that show went off, it was almost like. This is my opinion. It was almost like they kind of got him on this show to have a love interest in a relationship with Evelyn. They put the. You feel like they put them together. I feel like they put them together. Right. Yes. I feel like they put them together to have this love romance because he's so charming and handsome. Oh, she used to to date uh, Antoine Walker. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. So her and Ocho were on the show together, dating, spending time together, and their relationship went very, very, very fast. And before you know it, he had proposed to her, and then they um, had they were having their own show, and it was going to be like Evelyn and Ocho getting married. So it was going to be the show. They were going to have a baby. She was going to um, the fertility clinic. And they were trying to have kids. It was going to be this whole thing. I mean, I I can only imagine it was going to be another big reality television show because, I mean, I was tuning in all the time because I love Ocho. And in the midst of all of this um, recording, this show was when the headbutt happened. She split her forehead and everything was canceled. Restraining orders. Everything was just over overnight. And... um, you know, so again, you if 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 a young man asks him for advice and his advice is I did this terrible thing, 
you know, and, and a lot of people came to his defense. A lot of people were saying like, you know, he didn't mean that he hit you for three seconds and nobody said he, nobody, he never said he never hit her. He only hit her once. He never said any of those things. Anything that she was insinuating that he said and did, he did not do any of that. He was not making light of any of those things. He definitely said, he said, it affected my career, my livelihood. So he wasn't making light of any of those, oh, any of that. And people were all underneath her post defending him left and right. But not, I don't think that they were defending him because they felt like she was wrong and was trying to blame him. I, I think it was, I, I mean, from my perspective, it's like, how are you so upset about something? How are you still so upset? How are you still so triggered? Like, why are you making yourself sick because of these comments? It wasn't that serious. Like, I could personally, she, I could see her saying, "Ugh, he brought that up again." But to 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 then turn around and make this video and post all of these tweets as if he came out and made this huge statement and was making light of how he treated you, I, I just don't think that he would do that, knowing that he would be put in a situation where people would be like, oh, okay, he hasn't learned his lesson. Maybe we need to remove him from TV. He's making light of, of this abuse that he caused someone. I think that would affect his career. And I, and I think that he would be smart enough not to do that. So I don't know uh, what she was doing when she was making it seem like he did all of those things. Like, I, I just don't understand. I don't, well, I I don't could, understand. I could say that, I could say that what's interesting, right, is that, um, uh, for for those that don't know, is that Chad Ochocinco was on his way to the Hall of Fame. He was <laughs> he was really that that talented of a football player, mm -hmm. and then, like towards the end of his career, he just started acting a little weird and different. I don't know if it was because of her or because of the stardom that he was receiving. And when I looked up her just now on Google, and I don't use Google as a source for a lot of research because I know some things being there. That'd be crazy. But one of the things that popped up was that this young lady has a history of dysfunctional relationships. Right. So even after she, even after her and Chad broke up, she started a whole new relationship with the man. They might've been married or engaged. She has a baby. I just feel like, and again, you know, she's never been married. Okay. So, so they were engaged and mm -hmm. I just feel like, I don't, I can't measure her pain, but to see her that way, I said, she needs therapy. She really needs to have therapy because something that was so public and in the public eye, him literally, again, we're asking black men to be mentors and teach the men up underneath them what to do and what not to do. So if he gave advice to say, you know, I made this bad decision and this is what the reason is. And this is how I hold my peace because I don't ever want to go through that again for her to be triggered by that. Something's off. Something's off. And, 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 and as a woman, you can't keep, you know, you can be hurt. You can be upset. Those bad memories can come back all of the time, but you cannot hold your peace in somebody else's hands that every time he mentions it, you completely fall apart and need to do this five, seven minute video boo-hoo crying like that. Like it, it hurts everybody, including yourself. You know how difficult it is for you to process being that upset and and later. Like when you when she click off the, yeah, when you click off the when you click off the live, what do you do then? Just all right, I'm done. No. If if it's genuine, you're taught you you're messed up.
And to have to process that and then go home and take care of babies and, and live and function, it's too much to deal with. It's, it's funny because we're talking about her right after Megan uh, the Stallion. And at one time, Evelyn Lozado used to date Carl Crawford. That's the one she had actually, the baby with last. Yeah, and actually, so, but, that's who was in charge of Megan the Stallion. It's interesting. Well, thing. let me ask you this. Is, is she an actress? Is that what Google said? You know, well, Keisha. Well, another thing with Evelyn is this, and I'm not why you got that smile, Quentin? Is she an actress? Is that what Google said? Because I, mean, I think I'm, basketball wives is about to come back on. I think I think that I think that one of the things that she's done is, unfortunately, in, in around athletes and entertainers, you have people that are hanging arounds, and sometimes hanging arounds become more famous. Then they get real famous. I, listen so here, but I then get you that. But this I'm is not something. sure that if she's a hanger around or whatever, like maybe she likes athletes. If that's her preference, that's her preference. No, what I mean is she's gotten famous by being quote unquote the it that it girl. Oh yeah, she's a basketball wife. So a basketball so wife. Maybe like Shakira but said, here it is. She's also very famous for being a mean girl. That she's, too. she's very, very famous for being a mean girl. So you have people who who empathize. And I think this is why Chad gets so many people that empathize with him. It's because if they're, it's like they're calling her toxic, right? So granted, he did all of these things to you, but you're still the most, you're, you're on TV and you, you, you hold on to this persona that you are the meanest, nastiest, not to be messed with, played with woman on the planet. And you talk nasty to all of these women. You you have these relationships that you destroy by calling them names. Her and OG were going back and forth because she was calling old, she called OG a black something. Then the other girl who I think is some kind of Asian, um, uh, Asian or maybe Pacific Islander or something, she called her Ling Lili or Ling Ling. You, you, you know, I feel like she can be so hurtful. And then you have this man who did something hurtful to you, but he didn't say anything. And you're so triggered and completely throw yourself off the cliff full of emotions where you are ready to just spiral and burn and crash over him simply saying, yeah, I made a bad decision and I'll never do that again. To tell another young person, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a cautionary tale that people need to... I think it's a, a subset of people who think when they're on reality TV shows that they're acting. They're not producing reality TV. And I think we view them as they're producing reality TV. And I believe she even tried to say like um, that's a character uh, um, caricature of who I am, that's not who I really am. But my problem is if you you went on the show and you said you and Chad were friends, you could call Chad, you could reach out to him. So to me, if I have an issue of either of you, I'm never going to put it on Facebook. Shakita's birthday is Halloween. I'm never going to put happy birthday on Facebook. I'm going to text her. So I just don't understand these people who want to put this shit out in the universe and then come back and say, but 
that's just my persona on TV or that's just my mm. persona on social media. That's who, that's not who I am. And so that's why I can't necessarily respect what Evelyn is saying. Um, and I'm more aligned with what Chad is saying than what Evelyn is saying. Because you present yourself in this social media space, in this reality TV space, like you're this person. But then when something doesn't align with you, you're like, but I'm just acting that I'm not that person. Chad, 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 unfortunately, because of um, the physical violence, Chad, Chad really don't have to say much and just have to take the high road, like Shakita said, and continue to um, do some self-reflection and give it up to the, give it up to younger people because a lot of people don't a lot of people don't answer people when they ask them questions like that. And if you look at Chad recently, he has been real happy. Um, he do speak directly to his emotions when he mm. do do interviews, and um, she hated. She hated. And a lot of times, like I was about to say, Keisha, you're right because he was able to. He's not minimizing rebound. He, to rebound from that dark moment and get his life to and continue to get forward moving in his journey. She may not like that. She, she wants a lot more. of people don't. She wants him to still, you know, be affected by what he's done. And I'm sure he is to some degree, right? Every window isn't open. I'm sure he is still very remorseful for what he's done, you know? And and I said the same thing, and I know I hate to go backwards, but I said the same thing about um, Augie, you know, August. I think <laughs> he, he literally, I think all of that coming out was him watching Will and Jada live happily ever after. And he's just like, man. Y'all not happy. I can tell y'all why. I think it bothered. I think that's why a lot of people want to expose people and say things. It's almost like, you know, what I've done to you should have destroyed you. And it did not destroy you. And now I have an attitude. And, and, and I'm going to tell everybody what you did. And I'm not going to let people forget what you have done. That was it, it's funny because I didn't even uh, we had talked about the topics that we was going to discuss prior to the show. But I didn't even the heading to the show is. What is going on? Is this the end of celebrity? Because it's obvious that this COVID and what's going on in the world right now, like a lot of these celebrities are realizing, in my opinion, that we don't need them no mm. more. We don't right. need them no more. And it's kind of like making them kind of go crazy. That's like true. sometimes, like, like I said, the fan thing with Megan, the fan thing, even with Evelyn, because I'm quite sure that she had a lot of people in her corner because she was a victim. Yeah. And not to, not to minimize anybody that's been a victim of domestic violence. But now when she, this individual who victimized her has been working on himself, trying to heal, trying to get past that moment of temporary insanity, as he said, she probably can't handle his redemption tour, so to say. Mm -hmm. because of the fandom now you know he's even like Shakita said even now people get coming at her she's probably going crazy like oh I, I was the one abused why are y'all attacking me but at the end of the day this was 2008 that this happened and no 2012 that this happened and you know a lot of times people need to just move on so do y'all have uh, any more thoughts on that topic no I just want the mean girl to stop being mean. 
I, I just, you know, Grant, she's a victim. Things have happened to her. But I want her to really, and it's not my place, but I really just want to see her in a healthier space mentally in about this situation and just be, and just not be the mean girl anymore when I turn on. And I don't watch Basketball Wives anymore because it's the same thing, right? Nobody has grown. Nobody's changed to me. So I don't watch it. I haven't watched it in years since Chad, I think. But I just want, I, you know, come on, be better all, all around. Keisha? Um, no, I, I don't even want her to be better. I want her to get everything she put out in the universe. I want her to get it back. Yes, it, yeah. Uh, we're gonna end that puppy, and it's <laughs> and, and it's and it's interesting because I don't um I don't watch Basketball Wives. Um, and the reason is because I know Jennifer, and um, I just that's just not the type of show that I can watch, knowing somebody from a show. Knowing somebody, as they say in real life, and it's been years, um, it's just not something I could watch. Oh, yeah, you are part of that Maplewood South Orange connection. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, and moving, I hated the way Evelyn treated her, but that could be another move, day. Move, another move, day. Keisha, you, uh, pay attention to that low blow you just tried to throw in there on me. I wasn't in love. Listen, you muted me the other day. I'm going to tell all your damn secrets. Keep messing with me. Nah, me, me, and Jennifer, me and Jennifer remain friends, you know. Uh-huh. I, I, I see on the gram every now and then, I, you know, say what I say and, you know. No comment. I'm a supporter. I'm a support, supporter. But anyway. Next topic. Next, next, next we got to talk about, um, unfortunately, Tamar Braxton. Um, it was news reports today that um, that police nine one one call was made to um, L.A. She was at the Rich Carlton Hotel, and when the police got police ambulance got there, she was unresponsive, and her boyfriend is the one that called. And he said that um, she had took an unspecified amount of drugs, and they have classified as a possible suicide, a possible OD victim. As as of right now, she's in stable condition. Um, Shakita said that Tamar had basically sent a text out to her family members that was like a, a it should have been a red flag. And um, you want to read the text, Shakita? I guess. Let me see if I can find it. Um, okay. So it says, I am a slave. I do not own my life, my stories, my pictures, my thoughts, or beliefs. I've asked my Messiah to free me. I'm threatened and punished for it. The only way I see out is death. I will choose that before I continue to love like this. Please help me with praying hands. Mm. And this, when we talk about this issue, we're not, we're not, we are not minimizing um, anyone that feels like they got to take care, take their own life. If you feel like you have to, you want to take your own life from depression or just whatever you can't deal with what's going on, please call this uh, suicide hotline or someone and talk to someone because uh, this is something that a lot of us go through with not being able to deal with life on life's terms. Keisha, would you like to talk about this situation? Because I know that you had posted Keisha about a week ago about, I don't know if it was her or uh, Tony, where they were talking about that they don't get the same uh, attention it was Tamar. She Tamar. said she don't get the same attention. But mm. before I get into that, 
Like we have to understand that suicide has become prevalent um in our culture. And um I had a niece that committed suicide. Kiki has a um uh, my best friend had her first cousin that committed suicide. Some of our the train is going by. Some of our like we are I was always taught that we never like that was a white person thing but I'm starting to recognize that we commit suicide and I think we have hit it for a long time like so I'm really kind of upset that you know and if you think about it Tamar has lived in beautiful homes her and Vince have been married for a long time that's Tony Braxton's little sister so if she's considering suicide, what do you think about some of these children or kids um, who parents are strung out or their grandparents is, you know, they trying to have hot girl or hot boy summers and winters and all those other things. So the suicide aspect really touched me. Um, as far as the Kardashian thing, to me, the Kardashians is ghetto, too. I mean, they, they're not um, stellar people with the way they behave. Um, but I think in some, in some aspects, we don't know our worth. And some of us, because to me, most Black people I know was raised with class and decorum. We get on TV and act a fool for a check and then be mad because our check is not the equivalent of the Kardashians. But we're acting a fool for a check. Mm. So that that you know, we're not acting like who we are. We're acting a fool for a check. So what, then you get what you, what you what, deserve. What Steve Harvey said about act like a monkey keys. <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna do it because I, you know, I can't stand that nigga. You you won't see me act like Steve Harvey in here. He said, he said I act like a monkey. <laughs> that voice. He said, I yeah. act like the best monkey in the cage, huh? And that's what he been acting like. But he getting them dollars. I I mean, I ain't mad at him. That's just not for me. Yeah. But, but see, here's my thing. I feel like if you go that route, then don't complain. Well, I mean, I, 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 I hear all of that. She, in an up-and-coming week, she was saying that, you know, she feels as though she wasn't paid her worth. She wrote the theme song to her reality show. She wasn't paid her worth. She's not, they're not getting a quarter, supposedly, of what the Kardashians get. I, I you know, I get all of that. But something has happened from Other then than that. To now. Right, from then till now. And you know, I follow her on Instagram, and she was she had this caption where her son was screaming in her face. And she was smiling. She was just smiling. And he was like screaming, screaming, screaming. Mommy, I mean, screaming at the top of his lungs. Like he wanted her to stop doing whatever she was doing and pay him some attention. And she was just smiling and being attentive to him. But in her caption, she was like, you know, I need a vacation. I'm tired. And it was 1.30 in the afternoon, she said. And she was like, and I just want to go to bed. And that to me speaks of depression. Right. When in the middle of the day, you just want to get in the bed and be done for the day and go to sleep. You know, I don't I, I, I don't know how people I don't know what people are thinking or what they're feeling when you're at that place where you want to take your life. Because allegedly 
it was a suicide attempt. So I don't know where these people are at that point where they want to take their lives. I don't know how bad it is, but they literally feel like they can't talk to anybody. I had a really good friend of mine take his own life. And it made absolutely no sense. Like we're always thinking this makes no sense. They seem to be happy. They seem to have everything they want, anything they needed. And why and, and what has happened? Who knows? But she seems like she's getting a lot of love. Um, Nini even posted and comment, Nini posted and said, you know, she had been speaking to her leading up to this and she had been trying to talk her out of her feelings. She said that she had spoken to her um, oh, and even spoken to her re like, you know, today, yesterday, spoken to her. And, um, you know, you just don't know what people are going through because from the outside, they're smiling and they seem normal. And in the inside, they're dealing with all kinds of things. So, you know, and her last remark was check on your strong friend. You know, she appears to be the most vocal. She appears to be the loudest, you know, the happiest. The She seems like she's the most carefree of all of her sisters. You know what I mean? Like when her relationship got bad, she was like, I'm out of here. Like, you know, like she wouldn't take any mess from anybody. She's found new love. She seems to be, she seemed to be so happy and in such a really good place. And I mean, but you know, who knows, you know, and I really just, and I feel bad for her. You know, she gets all of the prayers, you know, possible. Cause I really just feel bad to go through that and have no one to talk to, no you one know, to listen. We have, we have the suicide hotline under the bottom of the screen on the scroll. So anybody that's watching does know somebody or they themselves are going through anything they feel like they need to talk to somebody because they feel like her harming themselves or others. Contact that number. And Keisha, this is this is what you want to hear. And that was Steve, that was Steve Harvey's real voice. Yes, he I said he'll know. act. He basically was saying he act like a monkey for the check. But to, to speak on Tamar is um. C O O N. I never thank you, Keisha, for respecting the algorithm. But I never I never really looked at looked at um Tamar. I, I think the Braxes are funny young ladies. Um and the reason why I say that is because after after uh Tony had her big rise to stardom and then you started hearing more things about all the girls, I think that they didn't take a lot of lessons from the business aspect of what Tony was saying with getting jerked with money, seeing how people was treating her. I don't think that they they took it serious enough. I think sometimes I mean, we can easily go back to saying, you know, how protected are our black women, especially mm -hmm. in that industry? How protected are they? How how many times are they getting talked out of contracts and money and all kinds of things? So now, I'm going to take it and all kinds of stuff from a dis different aspect, but I'm going to leave it there. Those are church girls. C O O N. Um, those are church girls, right? Mm. It's it's some manipulate. <laughs> it's some manipulative practices. Quentin, excuse me, excuse me, but I, you know, that's a sidebar joke. <laughs> Go ahead. Keep and, I can't with you, but it's some manipulative practices, practices and different things that go on with the church. And I don't want to take that as I'm knocking the church, 
Um, but it's some manipulative things going on and some things that they they saw because like the husband was cheating, their father was cheating on the mother with uh, a church sister. Mm. She was somebody really close and in the church or whatever. It's some practices about what you couldn't do as someone that's heavily in the church or whatever. So you got to deal with those issues in, in addition to being like a normal teenager, right? Um, and then Tamar has a voice after because the, the lead singer was Trina, whether we know it or not. So it's like all this jealousy um, and confusion and different things that's going on within their family. And then Tamar is the youngest. Um, you know, that's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of things of um, depending on family relationships or what you can't say as the youngest child or what you're not supposed to say or what have you. Um, and, you know, I don't know if uh, Tamar was a loose booty, but, you know, it's some things that, you know, that came out like she was messing with Jermaine Dupree's father. So it's a lot of things that have been coming allegedly. out lately, allegedly, but it's a lot of things that have been coming out lately. And then she was married before Vince. So it's a lot of things that have been coming out. So are you, you saying know, that her mental health could be could, could could have been declining because of all of the things that have been coming out lately about her? Yes. Yes. And I think that she didn't like. I think that she was protected as the youngest. And um, when you start a reality TV show, they look at people's personalities the first season. So the first season may have been authentic. But the following season, it was like a TV show. And they wrote the people how they wanted to write them. And they made Tamar the villain. And I don't think she could deal with it. Mm, um, I mean, it's so easy to make make a, a, especially a, a outspoken quote unquote loud. Cause I don't think she was loud. Like when I saw Tamar, whenever Tamar talked to me, it was happy. It was joyous. And you know, she didn't have to speak at a soft, subtle tone. She could speak. She can speak I as loud as she that we, we start talking loud and having a personality and self-confidence. It automatically, when it, when, when it's, when that comes from a black woman, it automatically is looked at as something negative. And I think that was why it was so easy to make her the villain because she didn't do anything particularly evil. Then all of a sudden she was shown as the black sheep. Mm. And it was always very confusing because I, you know, I always saw them as being sisters and having, you know, and I'm sure they fight and argue and do what sisters do, but they still all loved each other very much. So I, I was very confused when that shift took in, uh, you know, in the show. And then again, I only watched like one or two seasons because I, I didn't like the way it was going. And I was just like, this isn't, I'm, when I watch them, I'm not smiling. I'm not enjoying it. You know, there's another reality show I, I watch. It's called The Christmas. I, I enjoy it. It's a white television show with a white family and they literally do nothing all day long. They but smile, they're happy. They're, yeah, they smile, they're happy, they have fun, they do nothing. And I watched three, four episodes in a row and then they did a bit of drama anywhere. And again, when I was watching the Braxtons, when it got drama filled and the crying and the arguing and the cursing, 
it just wasn't what I wanted to see on television. I have two sisters of my own. I grew up in a house full of women, my mother and my two sisters. So it was the four of us. So I thought, let me see some reflections in me. Let me turn on the TV and see some, you know, funny, wonderful sisters, family bonding. And I didn't get that. And I turned to television. So I don't know why it's so easy for them to turn us into this. And then I can easily watch a TV reality show that's been on for years. And these people do nothing but hang out with their kids all day long in this big, beautiful house and laugh and talk and make jokes. So I don't know. That's what's going on, Keita. I mean, I hear that, but at, at a place now where she, her mental health is in jeopardy and her personal text messages between her family have been released, it it hurt me a little bit. You know what I mean? To see well, that she I don't sends out this text why they were released those. How do we know that? Hmm? I don't understand what? why they were released those. I don't either. Like if that was her text message to her family saying, this is how I'm feeling. And, and literally the last words I think were like, help me. How so would you I wonder that? when the show coming back. I don't know. I, I would hate to think that all of, all of everything is based around the show. Augie mm-hmm. telling on Jada is all because of his album. Megan Thee Stallion getting shot or, or supposedly insinuating the, the public is insinuating that Tory Lane shot her because his album is coming out. I remember somebody said, oh, what are they trying to set him up? Set him up for what? I, I would hate it. all of it. Tamar having this mental episode because a new show is coming out. I would hate to think that all of those things is all because people need publicity. I, I, I just don't get the point of that. It's it's too too many lives and stuff at stake for, for that to happen. I just don't like it. And now, I don't like it, but I believe it. And now, to our last issue, Mr. Nicholas Cannon. <laughs> you didn't call him Nicholas. <laughs> okay. For those that don't know, Nick Cannon, um, a couple oh, of days my. ago, a couple of days ago, has been under a lot of controversy for some remarks that he had with an old interview with Professor Griff. Professor Griff went out to Nick Cannon's podcast to tape a show and to do some stuff, some background information on Dr. CB. Because for those that don't know, Nick Cannon is trying to come out with a Dr. CB documentary that uh, Nipsey Hussle was was in the process of doing. Not no more. So Nick Cannon says some things that people have misconstrued as anti-Semitic or some people have been offended. Um, these these uh, clips of the video um, that is out did not really get noticed until, and I have to say this because I have to be transparent, till Nick Cannon was seen spotted with Minister Farrakhan on his 4th of July address. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't know that Nick Cannon happily be there during that address. So they said that this is a basic way of tearing down Nick Cannon to get the... Uh, Minister Farrakhan, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's just some of the things that's been going on. So Nick Cannon, in the process, at first, when Viacom got wind of it, they uh, they fired him, they severed ties with him. Nick Cannon basically doubled down and said he wanted, you know, he going to fight tooth and nail about what's going on. He's going to uh, not allow them to take his show, which is Wildin' Out, 
which is basically a billion dollar business because if you look at the tours and how he has catapulted other people's careers with Wildin' Out, you'll see that uh, what has happened from that show. So then after Nick Cannon, uh, a couple days, Nick Cannon has uh, one on the apology, uh, inst uh, social media apology tour and talked about how he sat with rabbis and some of the misinformation that he said. He basically did a whole 180 degree turn on what he allegedly said during the podcast. I happen to have heard the podcast when he did it. Um, as well as one of the craziest things that I noticed is that he used Professor Griff's <laughs> government name and 99% of the people don't know that was Professor Griff's uh, government name. So some people have said it wasn't Nick Cannon. Professor Griff said, listen, we at the end of the day, I'm gonna stand with Nick Cannon. We should stand with Nick Cannon. But this is prior to Nick Cannon basically saying, "I said wrong, wrong thing, and I offended a whole Jewish community, and then I apologize, and my own community has turned their back on me." Um, I posted some things in reference to Nick Cannon uh, prior to his uh, triple apology, and um, we go from there. And I do have a lot of thoughts in reference to Nick Cannon, and um. <laughs> What we witnessed um, was nothing nothing short of a buck being broken. Um, Nick Cannon said some things that may have offended some people. It's not the issue of whether it was true or not for some people. It's the issue of being offended. And it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a funny how you can offend somebody with the truth. Um. So I have some more thoughts that I'm going to uh, address, and I would like my illustrious co-host to say their thoughts, and I'm quite sure as mothers <laughs> of young black men who are, are going, as I would like to say, who are maturing and they have all this energy that they see, you know, sometimes you got to stare them in. They're going in the right direction, but sometimes you need the elders to have the wisdom to be able to how to navigate in this world. Um, so, what's your thoughts, young ladies? Who wants, Keisha? You want to go first, or want me to go first? Uh, you can go first. So, I watched. <clears throat> I saw a snippet of Karis One, who did an interview with Nick Cannon, and in this small snippet, probably was like a minute or so. He was saying to Nick that the more you learn and the more information that you, you get, the scarier you're going to become because you're going to realize what really is going on and what's really happening. And the more money you make, the more silenced you will become because your money is now your livelihood. And all of the information that you learn and, and the way that you're moving to learn more about the world is going to jeopardize, um, it's going to jeopardize your money. And then you're going to see who controls what. Now, I, I saw that earlier today. And before that, I, I was thinking, you know, I'm not well versed on the things that Nick Cannon was saying, but I do know that there is a truth about the world that we don't know 
and they don't speak up. Um, and I tried to teach my children the truths starting at my oldest son at three years old. So at three years old, when I was teaching him the truths of the world and him trying to adjust to all of the things that I was saying to him while he, while we all moved and went grocery shopping and to the Sesame place and all of these places around these people that he knows have done certain things and things have happened. Um, it was, it's, it's difficult again. So now here you are, you have a three-year-old who processes things differently, but imagine being a young man who's learning so much about the world and you're trying to process what's happening. And I think that being, you know, talking about these things out loud, you can easily offend somebody who doesn't, um, who doesn't, who is not informed, right? So I could say, like, I remember having a conversation with a man who uh, was, was Portuguese and he said to me, I didn't know black people washed their hair. Now, I said, oh, and I let him, and he, and I said, well, what else you didn't know about black people? And he started telling me all of these things that were just hygiene issues when it came to black people. So I said, okay. I said, well, well, do you mind if I give you some truth? So here I am, I must've been in my early twenties. I started telling him about who really has hygiene issues mm. and who taught who how to be clean and how to bathe. And he didn't believe me. So I said, well, let's look it up. Pay attention. She's giving that more information out. So I said, well, let's look it up. Right. And then I also had to tell him, you know, but he, but then he, but for him, our history only went back to slavery. He like you would be surprised how many people think that black people have are only only black people are the black people in America. And I think that's why a lot of people don't want to be called black, right? So you have all these other people in other parts of the world. They don't want to be called black because that means it, it that association with black Americans is an issue for them, right? Mm. But you have people who who think that our history is only slavery, but didn't even in slavery, you think I wasn't clean? You think if I could be clean, you think that I, like if I was not clean during this process, you think that's because I didn't want to be clean or I was forced and not allowed to be clean? Like, why would you assume, but you would let me breastfeed your children with my dirty stinking body if you thought that I wasn't clean? You would want to have sex with me and rape me and my husband and, and rape my children if I wasn't clean, right? So when you're having these conversations with people and then they're like, oh, you know, because people only only assume that you've only been through the worst of the worst in your life, right? You've never, like, you know, when, when we were kidnapped and dropped off or we were already here, depending on who you are and what you think, right? So you think that they were just randomly kidnapping savages out of the jungles? No, they were taking mothers, fathers, doctors. They was the best of the best. I, yes, they the strongest, the, the most athletic. Oh, so when you're having real conversations with people and you're and you're telling real truths, people who are not familiar with what that is take things differently, right? But also on a, all on the same breath, when you're having those conversations, you need to make sure that what you're saying is factual, not because you're more or less concerned about backlash, 
but because if you're put yourself in a situation where you want to educate and teach people things, you want to be able to teach them things appropriately. And that's why I brought up my children being three and learning about certain things. I needed to be very factual because I didn't want them to repeat the things I said and not be not be true. Or when they came back and asked me a question, I didn't want any contradictions. So when you as a man, pro, pro, Professor Griff, Karis, want all of these people, Farrakhan, when any of these people are having these conversations, I think they're very factual. And then I do think that there's some conversations that need to be had in private. So if Professor Griff and Nick were having a conversation where they were educating each other and discussing, because that's what it seemed like to me. I, I never, I, when I watched it, I didn't think that Nick was particularly telling the quote unquote truth. I think he was having a discussion with another man who was equally educated or, or smart or smarter than him that knew things differently from him. And I think Nick is in the process of being and learning and being enlightened. And I think that they were having a discussion, trying to discuss. And I think that's why Nick was saying things and then looking at, you know, the uh, Mr. Griff, like, right? You think? I, th I think they were just having one of those conversations. And I think it, I think what's unfair about it is you can, people can be as, as offended as they want, right? But then you have the very same white people when they don't understand things, we always give them a platform to ask as many questions as they want, if, if they wanted to, right? If they wanted to be educated and learn. We say, you have the freedom and the space to ask whatever you want and we'll, and we'll try to answer it as best as possible. So if they say something like he thought, oh, I didn't know black people washed their hair. I didn't know black people took baths. I, you know, I didn't know that y'all did that. Y'all, you guys did that. Yeah, and we clean our meat too before we cook it. Do you? Right? So when you start telling people things, you allow them the space to say things and ask questions so that you can correct and fix things. I think there's nothing wrong with that. That's the part of the conversation I didn't see when you can be offended, but this man was having a conversation that he chose to share with you of his learning experience. You know, I don't, I don't think, you know, and even, you know, when he started talking about mountains and savages and all that other stuff, if you do your DNA, you do your 23 and me or whatever you want to do your DNA. And if you have any Neanderthal in you, it's going to tell you. And when you look up what that is and who they are, it tells you all about their savagery. <laughs> it tells you all about where they came from and where they are. So, if he's having a conversation about that and he's, and even when you discuss war and you discuss conquering and, and, and pillaging, that stuff is kind of, I mean, it's in movies, it, you know, that's like watching Game of it's Thrones. Yeah, it's, they all, it's everywhere. So how having a conversation about something, even if, even if some of the things he's, and I'm not saying it was, but if some of the things he was saying was far-fetched or stretched or, um, over-exaggerated, or he was telling his interpretation of the things that he learned. Why couldn't he have that conversation? I don't understand that. Like, he's literally having a conversation to learn. I didn't hear him say, um, I didn't hear him say anything like, like how you could call a Black person the N-word, or you could, uh, you know, call... Mm -hmm. 
black people are lazy or, or anything of that sort. Because again, when I had to teach my children as they started to get older and I had to teach them about certain things, I had to be honest with them about the way that they have, the way people feel about black children and, and, and the horrible things that have happened to black children in, 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 this, in centuries and centuries that have passed. I, I couldn't, I, I'm not gonna lie because I might offend somebody that's white. I have to tell my children what has happened to black, how they cut babies from my, like I have a stomach, like I have to be honest. So if I'm being honest about what has happened to me and you don't like the way that sounds because you think that I'm talking about all white people, how do you tell me to be quiet? How do you, uh, how do you, how are you gonna fire me for that? Any, any, anybody in the chat uh, that have any statements or comments or questions, you, you're more than welcome to share. Um, this is an open forum, and it's just us three hosting the show on this particular topic. Keisha, um, do you have something to say on it? I mean, I just felt like Nick was trying to be educated. It's facts and fiction. I think the big, I think the, the issue is like threefold. It's not even twofold. The issue is America doesn't tell the history of America accurately. They don't tell the history of, um, I guess for lack of a better word, black people um, accurately. Um, they don't tell the, like for me, I always, when you talk about slavery, I'm waiting for the train to pass. But when you talk about slavery, they always made it like we were so accepting of slavery, of different things. But the reality was we wasn't. Like it was it was people really literally drowning themselves not to be slaves, you know, or even the the villages or the places they went to get the slaves. They never talk about why they went there. They never talk about what the benefits were of getting those type of people. They never talk about the benefits of the natives. They never even talk about that African-Americans is a, is a, a biracial or a mixed person. Now, yes, we don't acknowledge the colonizer flood, but... They made the rules that if you got a, a, a drop of black blood, you was black. What was the reason? So when I watched Nick's interview, I felt like Nick was trying to learn. <laughs> because we don't know. Because history is not taught accurately for us. It's not taught accurately in high school, it's not taught accurately in college, it's not taught accurately for us. And I feel like we're searching for the truth. Right. And you know, with slavery, they treated us like we were just working. Like that's well, one thing I have to always say. Like we were not, we were not working for free. We were not working. We, the, slavery was not just the work. The horrific crimes that were committed against men, women, and children are something out of a horror movie. It is something that you cannot begin to process. We process it, but when you think about it, 
as a white person, as a foundational white person whose whose family had been in America for generations, you have to recognize that the least amount of slaves was dropped off in the United States. So you know what that meant? Them plantation plantation owners and shit, they populated their plantations with their own children. The 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 plantation owner, the um the cracker, what you call them, the um the person the overseer the overseer, the the niece, the nephews, then when the white women wasn't getting no attention, they populated they plantation with their kids and put their kids in slavery. What yeah. kind of horrible person? This is why we don't recognize them. What kind of horrible person would enslave they own? They enslave they fucking own. So I wouldn't want to look in the mirror and be like, damn, I come from horrible people. One of the, one of the, one of the things that um that I had expressed to you, Keisha, when Nick first said what he said, and they was coming, they was coming for him before he made his triple apology. Um, was that Nick Cannon? I personally was never really a big fan of Nick Cannon, but Nick Cannon is in a very unique situation, and he still is. Mm-hmm. Because Nick Cannon is that age where our kids look up to him. He's mm-hmm. considered an older person for our kids. Between us three, we got four sons. Um, So Nick Cannon is well-liked, and he has done tremendous work for the culture. Tremendous work. And um, I don't think that what he said was really anti-Semitic. And what people need to understand about Judaism as a religion is that it's a lot of culture and tribalism as well. Depending mm-hmm. on which rabbi you talk to or which rabbi gives you the history, it's going to be based off the information. That's why you're going to say what you're going to say. There's right. plenty of uh, a, a Jewish people who don't look, who look, who look pale skin, let's just say, or white, right. who have outstanding relationships with black people in America, traditional black Americans because they know our history a little bit more than we do. Because right. they, well, they know, well, they know the say... part of Africa where they were, where we were targeted at. Hold on, Keisha. And I think that one of the biggest fallacies in America is that when you put this anti-Semitic label on somebody, this is a way of straight buck breaking you. This is a way of straight shutting you down. So I think that all of us need to be very, very careful when we call somebody anti-Semitic. Number one, a person that's religious can never be anti-Semitic. Let's get that straight. Because these religions come from that. These religions, the base of religion come from this area. So I say that to say that um, like I said, Nick is in a Nick was in a very, very um peculiar situation. He's not uh, just a personality. He has a master's degree from Howard. He's very educated, very, very, and he and he has a, a pulse on the culture. I was very disappointed with his triple apologies because at the end of the day, he may have said some things that offended somebody, but if you have a problem with what he said, 
teach them. First of all, prove them because it was definite. Because it was definite, not and, and especially that, like if if again he was not preaching a word, he was having a discussion and learning. And like Keisha said, you can easily prove him wrong. I don't know if you've ever heard of Brandon Jackson, but Brandon Jackson is a young black man. He was in Percy Jackson, a, a Disney movie, mm-hmm. and he is Jewish. And what he had, he put up a video on uh, Instagram and it was about five minutes long. And he was discussing what Nick Cannon was saying. And he pretty much sort of said a lot of what you were saying, um, Quentin. He was saying, you know, depending on who your rabbi is and how experienced your rabbi is, he will tell you a lot of the things that Nick Cannon said. He also said that when you follow God, and you're righteous, you don't worry about what people think, how people feel, and you don't have to make apologies for what you know and what you've been taught and what you're learning. Now, this is if you, this is like for real. And he was also like this, he was like, like really like, so then he also said like, if we're speaking of Jews as color, Mm. um, you know, he was like, that could be anything that could be, you know, that could be any color. So he was like, are you offended because he said that some, were you offended because he said the word black, you know, like, cause that's what is uh, another thing he was trying to understand. Like if you, think, were offended, think... if you were offended because he kept saying that the original Jews were black, he was like, that's a problem within itself because he, cause that's all he kept saying was like, I the, think that's where what, the what offense he, happened. Right. He kept saying that's where he see that's the only thing he that's what people keep talking about. Like the Jews were black and then the other people were were savages and insinuating that those savages were white, basically saying then those people came in and took over. So he's like, if you just ask, reach out and ask for help and you reach out and ask the questions. The word black can we can we can remove the word black. He was yeah, like, he was like, but we're still, what he's saying, word. right. He was like, cause what he's saying is true. He was like, like he was saying like how, so basically he was saying like somebody like me could be considered white just because of the color of my skin. He was like, that doesn't mean that you're actually white. So somebody who is darker skin doesn't mean that they're particularly black and somebody who, so he was just like, just remove the color of the skin stuff. Like if we removed all of that, everything he was saying was true. The son of Abraham and the son of this and the son of that and these were the, he was like, everything else was true. He said, and if you remove the color and all that other stuff, because that's where people had gotten offended because it, it was that you were calling white people savages. You were saying that they were, but um, they were. But regardless, he's saying, he's he's saying. Oh, but the ne- okay. that, why are you- so the Neanderthals, which is the, in the caucus people, they were savages. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I mean that's everywhere. what the history tells us. I think that, I think that I think that we definitely not to get off the not to get off the topic, but we definitely need to do a show. Where we could um, 
re-educate, re-educate people on what but is considered, let me... considered white because a lot of people don't understand that up until recently, um, what they their heritage and their ethnicity was not considered white. That's another see, and that's another thing the guy was saying. Like, you can remove the color words because you could be dark skin and be Jewish, or you could be like you could be white, you could be brown, you could be you could be all of these things. You could people like you could be brown and still not be considered of African descent. Like you could, do you understand what I'm saying? So I understand. Just like Quentin just said. If they didn't consider themselves white, I, I don't know. I, for for lack of white word. Is, but wait, white is a made-up word. So, so my my father's grandmother always told told him that they were Ethiopian Jews, and mm. when they they were in America as free people, she was educated. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. is in, in in the United States. So my. Now, you know, they Christian or whatever, because, you know, she married somebody who wasn't of the same pedigree. But what she always told her children and her kids is that she was an Ethiopian Jew. So I, have a I understand. Her mother and her whole lineage was n- never slaves. None of them. Well, well see, that's another thing that they need to teach. something completely different. But see, that's another thing that they need to teach that. Some of us were never slaves, but that's a no, that's a whole nother topic for another day. Because you know, the first person who bought slaves, I think he was a, a African or a black person, but whatever. That's a whole topic for another day. But it was my father's grandmother's my my grandmother's mother says that she was an Ethiopian Jew. So if that's true, then. What was Nick Cannon saying that was so wrong? Well, the the thing the thing um yeah. like I like I told you guys I was upset about was the triple down apology. Um because because this is my thing, right? Is that when you step when you step into that activism role, when being an activist, not an activist, an activist, you have to be willing to lose everything that you got. This is a but long, that's it's what a the long, it's a, it's a lonely it. road. It's a one-way road. You ain't going. You ain't. You, and you can't turn around when you go down that road. He and said, Nick sold he, it. And then Brandon Jackson said, "You." He was like, "I don't know if you guys remember." He said, and and he said literally that. I don't know if you guys remember. He said, but I was on my way to being, to to creating the next Beverly Hills Cop franchise. I remember. He said, I also was, he said, I was going to be the next Will Smith. He was like, I was going to be the next such and such. He said, I chose this route in my life because I knew speaking my truth would, the the industry would not allow me to be a black Jewish man and speak my truth. When he wore that dress in Big Mama's, then Big Mama's house. He said, he said, they would not, they would not allow me to be exactly who I am. And when he said, you know, turning down roles and different things like that, he said, they were just not going to let me do it. Because to them, what I'm saying is foreign. It makes no sense. He said, but this is what I've been taught. So he's like, you know, God, I had, I had righteousness of the kingdom. The God gave me money. He was like, I'm not broke. I'm not starving. He was like, I've been given everything that I need to survive and to live. 
when I chose not to take that road. And he said, I wish, I wish more brothers and sisters, and I think he was talking, he was of course talking to Nick Cannon, would just stay in line. Go keep being educated, keep learning. You know, it's hit or miss. You you definitely hit some bumps in the road, but you never stop seeking the truth. Never so stop Keisha, 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 you made a statement. Um, do you think this is the end of Nick Cannon with the Dr. CB documentary? Yeah, he ain't putting that doctor documentary out. I think it's gonna be hard for I think we're going to watch it. I think he's gonna put it out, and I think we will. I watch don't think it. he I don't think he's gonna put it out because if they didn't want to hear what I he think said it's gonna about give everyone else a reason not to. What I what I um what I what I noticed mm -hmm. and I had put this in the group was um I mean I I get and maybe I don't agree. I definitely don't agree with him uh taking down his videos, but um what bothered me more about his videos is that he took Professor Griff's video down that he did with Professor Griff. He took the KRS-One video down, and he took the Joy, the Joy DeVay video. Joy DeVay is the young the doctor who wrote Post Traumatic Slave Syndrome book. Mm. I and, feel and like not saying, not saying that Nick should have to conform, but at the other at the under the, the end of the day, I listen to a lot of um as I would say, alternative media. Mm. And you, I try to listen to both sides for, to get content for what we do. And I heard a lot of people saying the information that Nick said was poor quality information. And it's like, are you taking, this guy's, this kid, as I would say Nick Cannon, and, and not to disrespect him by calling him a kid, he's got a master's degree. So you mean to tell me that you could just sell him fried fried ice cream and frozen and and uh and overcooked milk? I don't think he's just gonna fall for anything. I mean, I think he's well read enough to know that when he picks up a book, he looks and sees the reference points. Okay, let me see what she's saying. Cause he even referenced Dr. French Welsing. Like, and if you know her work, she's always been talking about the melanin issue in this country. And this mm -hmm. is the real reason why we have the problem. I just believe but the, that um, even with but it, our but our melanin is what gets us in a lot of trouble most of the time. That's why they experiment on us. This is why they've been experimenting on us for five hundred years. Right? Can you I know? just say this? Because I got to drop. Because I got to drop off. I don't think that Nick is gonna do the Doctor CB thing because Nick has been broken. Dwayne Wade has been broken. Terry Crews has been broken. Um, you know, y'all want to talk about Michael Jackson, but Michael Jackson was blackety black, 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 even if he had Prince was blackety black, black, black. These Negroes is paying the five. Somebody got in Nick ear and was like, take all that shit down. And now he's still the host of the mass singer. Nothing he was saying was wrong. And if he had incorrect information he could have been like listen I'm trying to learn because they didn't they ain't taught us nothing mm -hmm. right. they ain't taught us nothing so you know Nick's done so in Keisha, a way Keisha I'm I'm I'm, know, I'm leaving so Keisha, ask me my no, last no, question I don't y'all know y'all know I like to play but it's a very serious moment definitely when we talk about bug breaking our men um yeah um he got so, it up the so ass. let me ask you Keisha Respect the algorithm, please. 
Oh, but yeah. can I, I just want to ask you one question. Mm-hmm. The next time we sit in the cannon, will you be wearing a turban? Mm. Yeah, probably. Because then he's going to try to pander. He got to pander to us. Because listen, our dollars is important. That's what we need to get together. Our dollars is important. I never watched the we spend, We I never watched the man singer. I don't never even watch Falling Out. Ke but our Ke dollars is Keisha, important. I don't, Keisha, for you know, I don't think that turban coming back on. I don't think it's, so. I love. Listen, it's gonna, and listen. I, I, I called it's gonna you. Come by. I called you, Keisha, when Nick when Nick doubled down and said he wanted his his branding. And this is something we need to learn because Nick Cannon did not own Wilding Out. He created a show for Viacom, and he still should have owned his content. But that's but a whole he, other issue. But, but Keisha, here's the thing, I called, you, I called you, and I told you how I felt about Nick. i not saying I was proud of him. I just felt that Nick Cannon could have been the face of what's going on because he's Nick the Cannon that, did. Uh, I'm going to give you two people Nick Cannon did. He did a Steve Harvey and a Jim Brown. Hmm. He, he ain't do no Muhammad Ali. He ain't do no Lou Alcinda. He, he, yeah, that's that's what he did. That's what he did. Okay. You know, Brandon Jackson said, "A, a, a but black listen, man." I gotta go, so I'll okay. talk to y'all later. All right, All right bye. Brandon Jackson. Brandon Jackson said, "A black man could be anything he wants to be. He just cannot be Jewish." He said, if you said you were a monkey and you wanted to be identified as a monkey, they would say, okay, they will respect you. He said, if you said I identify as a woman who loves men, they would say, okay, they respect you. They would never look you in your face and tell you, no, you don't. No, you're not. You would get a platform you would be loved, you would be respected, you would be all of those things. But when somebody comes out and says that this is what I am and this is what they believe, no. And I thought that that was very, very interesting. You know, I don't, I wish, I, the, the interview with him and, and Professor Griff, it was more of a conversation. I don't know if I really know what Nick thinks he is or, or what Nick was really thinking. I think he was asking, I think he was repeating things that he heard, things that he read, and then questioning P Professor Griff to see if he agreed. Because I think it was a lot of that. I think it was a lot of Nick saying something and then looking at Professor like, what do you think? It was more, it was, it was more for lack of better words, this is what I've been working on I want to know this, if you, you, my information is sound. Right. Or, or, right. Or these are the things that I heard you said, or these are some things that I've read of people that I've talked to. What do you think? And I think that they were having one of those conversations. Cause even, even, even what's amazing is that um, I do, I do listen to a lot of stuff that professor Griff says, and I know that um, a lot of people don't know that he got kicked out of public enemy because they said that he was anti-Semitic with statements that he made. Yeah. Uh, twenty something years ago, thirty years ago. Um, yes. and it has costed him basically money. Uh, for those that don't know, Professor Griff is in the Hall of Fame because Public Enemy is in the Hall of Fame. So it has mm -hmm. costed Griff tremendously with money, but he's standing on his truth. And one of the things that, if you listen to him, he has 
some rabbi friends. Mm -hmm. And like what we had discussed earlier is that, you know, depending on the rabbi that you got and you consult with, they'll give you the history. And just like Keisha just said about Ethiopia, the Jews, like that part of uh, Judaism, that part of Ethiopia where her family's from, Judaism was practiced heavily. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's very interesting when we go into uh, some of the stereotypes that people say about Jewish people, um, some of the things that people say about anti-Semitic. Is it because they're talking about a particular people of whiteness or is it about particular people about religion? Because I think sometimes we look at um, things for face value like, Oh, he Jewish. Oh, that fool don't know what he's talking about. He black. How could he be Jewish? But these are some things like we come across, we know from the area of the country that we live in, the, the Hebrew Israelite brothers mm -hmm. and how they say that they're the original Jews and the black people are original Jews. So we, we, they're common to us. We know them. We intermingle with them. Mm -hmm. um, other people may not they may not intermingle with them. They may think they're strange or whatever. So it's always a, a, a fact of you would think during this time and what's going on, quote unquote, going on in the world, that we should be able to say certain things and not worry about the consequences and that somebody would sit down and educate us. Even Deshaun Jackson, when he said his statements on Instagram or just put the meme on Instagram, of something that was allegedly Hitler said that he didn't say. People said, oh, Deshaun Jackson got to get educated. He's been offered to go to Auschwitz and all this stuff. And I'm not saying that he can't learn because me, you, and Keisha, we grew up around Jewish people, so we understand their holidays. Mm -hmm. We, You know what I mean? So we we kind of know the Jewish experience. We, you know, we saw Schindler's List. We understand what Auschwitz is. We understand the persecution that they went through. As, as people during that time. And it's like, sometimes people think that just because you say something that's not a popular opinion, that it's not the truth. And I think that's gonna start happening now. And I think that's gonna start happening with American history. Because once you, once white people realize that the conversation that I'm having about slavery was not the fact that I was stolen and brought here to work, when the conversation turns to the murder, the rape of children, men and women, the brutal murders, when, when, I, when you start to get, when America has to be honest about what they have actually done, the amount of people that are gonna be offended, upset and angry, and that are gonna start saying, you have offended me. I don't feel safe. I don't want to be in this space. It's going to completely start to turn the our worlds upside down because they're going to start telling us you cannot you cannot say that you can't say you can't say those things because it makes me uncomfortable. But Keita, let me. Let and me then what you, are you going to do? Let me let me ask you a question in in reference to that because we see that it's a lot of pushback when we do talk about um slavery issues um with people of that that aren't what we consider black or foundational black Americans. Why should a person, and I hate to say it like this, why should a person whose family came through Ellis Island, 
who came over here for the American dream be so offended when a person who was brought over here, who was stolen from one land and brought to another land and lost their blood, sweat, tears, lives, rapes, why should they be offended when we speak about these issues? I don't know. It's almost like... So when you think of the amount of people who are not black, who have come here to America and all live here, I don't know. I don't know why, um, you know, you know, I get I get why people who join play things like, you know, the KKK, I get why they do that. They, they're trying to hold on to something, right? They don't want to live around you. They're trying to hold on to, to old ways and the ways, the ways that they think of us, but an Ital an Italian or, or, or an Asian, I don't, I don't, I don't understand if you know what we've, but again, I think it's because they assume that we're discussing working for free. I often, I often have this conversation with people. we we'll be like, well, say, say we was so long ago. Okay. But guess what? I'm not talking about, you know, I, I can get past the working for free to some certain degree. Right. But when I'm telling you that half of my lineage is gone because they've been lynched, raped, murdered, we have, I mean, could you imagine how big my family could have been if all of those babies weren't killed? All of, all of the men weren't, you know, starved to death, um, thrown, I, I, I can go on and on. The thought of starving a child to death and then throwing them into a shallow grave with all of the other people that you starved to death, all of the other people that you've raped. And then when you can't rape them anymore, you get mad and blow their heads off. Like to have those real conversations about real traumatic experiences that have been passed. Like you think that we're afraid to drive around in the South in the dark because we might be enslaved or because we might be murdered and hung. Like the, the people who say, well, slavery was so long ago, have no clue what America has done to black people in general. This is bigger than working for free. This is bigger than that. And then I need to raise your entire family while mine is not being raised and loved and fed and I'm feeding yours. I can't be with my husband because I need to be with yours. I can't be with my my wife because I need to be with, with yours. You, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I need to take care of your children and my children that you don't you don't want the kids that you created. So now we're taking care of all. And if I defend or try to take up for my wife, you murder me and kill me or you just keep raping her or you rape my children. You lay in the bed with babies. When you start having those conversations then nobody has those conversations. I don't yeah, see them in public. Yeah. I don't see them on TV. Nobody's having those conversations. This we don't want reparations because we were working for free. We want reparations for everything you've done. And the everything you've done is far worse than anything else. See, that was that was the thing about why I was so, and I'm gonna continue to be, um, even though I'm an optimistic person, um, this is why I've been so pessimistic with this, 
whole movement that's going on with the symbolic gestures with statutes. I don't care about none every, that. Everybody talking about they committing money to diversity and racial injustice. At the end of the day, until you really recognize what happened and how it happened, we talk about and and you know our suffering. All races and all people in this planet have suffered some form of oppression, but at the end of the day. They got reparations and it's acknowledged. Our, it's like ours, like they literally built entire neighborhoods on bank backs with no guarantee of getting a penny back. And they built entire suburbs for white people to live in and schools for their children to go to just because entire neighborhoods and made sure and had laws in place to make sure that we weren't able to live there. I need, I need, I need America to be honest. I, when people want to have those conversations, well, why are you, slavery was so long ago, I go for the juggler and I give them some real deal information. You think that that's all I, you think that that's what I'm concerned about something that happened four years ago? Like every, like slavery has been over and the monstrous evil things that have been going on are going on. If you're not going to have that conversation, I, like stop acting like I should let it go because slavery was so long ago. Like you can't get a loan. You, mm. you can't get a house. Up until this day. You can't like you you can't get interest rates, decent interest rates on oh, you, credit cards. Oh, oh, oh you want to? I'm not going to say where you live at. You want to? Oh, I got enough money to buy a house in uh, Short Hills. Oh no, nah, we're gonna we're gonna it's a nice little area in Vauxhall. We'll take you oh to. yes. The this is what I'm saying. The realtors won't even take you to nicer areas. You can't even because they they know. Oh my god. <laughs> what I, all hmm. I'm saying is the way it's gonna be impossible for us to be able to have real clear conversations about real deal things that have been happening and going on. You're not mm. you're not going to be able to do it. I had a conversation with a young girl of maybe sometime last year and I forgot what we were talking about, but I mentioned the the father of gynecology. And I had this whole conversation with her about the father of gynecology and how they Dr. have this statue. Dr. Evil, Dr. Evil. Uh-huh. And they got this whole statue of this joker up and they praise him like he's an amazing person. And still, black women can't go into labor without dying because they don't mm. care about you. They literally see you in pain. They know you're in pain. Don't even want to give you pain meds. I'll, I'll never forget my son being in a car accident and going to the hospital and them not wanting to give him any pain medication and refusing to do a whole medical workup on him because they said he he's behaving as if he was high. I said, my son doesn't use drugs. Me and her went back and forth for a good 20 minutes. I had to go to the nurse's station, get another nurse, pull her into the room and say, do you see these bruises across his chest, his abdomen and his forehead? The other nurse said she didn't see them. And the lady was like, oh my God. I said, she won't even give him pain meds. I said, he has, he's, 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 he, he could possibly have a head trauma is why he acting like this. The lady did a full workup. He had no internal injuries. And then they did the labs for drugs. He was not high. And the lady came back whispering, you want, you will be proud that he wasn't on drugs. The way I cursed this bitch out 
in, a, in, in the hospital in the middle of the morning. You Proud, even, I know my damn child. You wouldn't even, couldn't even imagine. I said you would allow him to suffer. You would allow him to suffer because you're assuming that he was on. What would make you assume that he was on drugs? What What was the reason? He was in a car accident. Why would you assume that he was on drugs? He wasn't even the driver. So do you understand what I'm saying? So you you always have to. We still have to advocate for ourselves in the hospital. Black women are dying. They don't give a shit about our children in hospitals, and not all, but too many. Why is this? Why is it? Why is that the stereotype? Mm. to hear horror stories about women who go to the gynecologist and the gynecologist rips your gown open and, and the way that they insert the tools in you, like they don't even care. They take no care of your body. You know what I mean? Like you, you have to always go for a consultation before you even go and see a doctor. You got to say, look, this is what I experienced when I go to the doctor. I don't want to experience that here. Like you, you, you just, what do you do until they want to have a real conversation? And the and the and the old man at work with Trump, I can't remember his name. When he was first talking about COVID nineteen and how it's a racial issue, that was for real. I ain't heard a single word. I ain't heard yeah, a single he was, word. Doctor Fauci was talking about the disparities and what's going yes. on. What's going on in the inner cities with not being exposed to proper health care? And then they don't even want you in the hospital. They they rather let you stay home and die. Yeah. How are the hospital? How are the hospitals not filled with us? How we can't go to the hospital and get and get treatment? All oh, stay home is best if you stay home. How? We definitely uh, have a lot of a lot of issues to talk about. I don't know, like um, we went far into our slavery stuff and which because that's gonna be next. You're not even which, gonna be able to tell them what they've done to you. You're not even gonna be able to tell them what they've done to you. They're gonna tell you that you're lying. They're gonna tell you you're making it up, and it's I'm, not I'm, true. I'm, I'm I'm laughing, but unfortunately, like. I only seen like Colorado, they tried to institute one law, but it has not been since George Floyd and all this stuff. I just want people to know there's not been one law passed. Uh, Congress, Congress is not even in session right now. And they're not in session because they don't have to be because they can always have an emergency session for any mm -hmm. law. They can have emergency sessions. So we need to understand it as concerned people, as people who've been oppressed had, um, as well that nothing's going on. It's no real movement. It's just a bunch of symbolic gestures. And um, until legislation- They did more when they were setting shit on fire. When they <laughs> yeah. were setting things on fire and tearing up, they was doing more. It, until legislation is passed, until it's um, some tangible uh, prison reform and them damn reparations that uh, black, black Americans are owed, ain't nothing gonna change. Because the origin of police is slave catchers, so we need right. to understand that the origin of these, of, of police, and and not saying that we're anti-police because we are the police. We got family members that are police, but the whole mindset of policing in the inner cities is different than living in the suburbs. Absolutely. But, um, so we're gonna end it off with a, my Nick Cannon question to you. What's up with the turban, yo? I don't, I don't think he wearing that no more. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't wearing that no more. I just want him to continue to learn and continue to um, just to continue to learn and, and start having having conversations with different people and just learning more, you know, because you're not going to learn unless you 
physically go there and learn. I remember years ago, this man told me he always thought that the Egyptians were white until he physically got on an airplane and went to Egypt and walked into a and walked into a pyramid and saw black people on the walls like he had no clue, right? So I just want I just want us to keep educating ourselves and keep learning and and keep asking questions and get those books. There's there's the books on there's a book out here that that'll tell you about every experiment that has been done on black people for the last 100 years. Like get those learn and see what what has been what has been done to you and allowed to be done to you on a government level. Yeah, med- medical apartheid is on Amazon. You can buy the book, but it's on back order right now. They they done ran out of copies on Amazon. Um, but you could buy it if you know if you know a good bookstore like the Source of Knowledge probably has a bunch of copies. Right. But, um, I don't I don't know about the the, the tournament. I just thought that I just asked you on Keisha that. I don't think I, he gonna I don't think he gonna wear it. My thing with Nick is um I thought something of Nick when he doubled down, but then when he started um coming with the apologies, I looked at him different. Um I just I just hope that he understands as well as other people understand that if you truly want to be an activist, if this is the road that you think your journey is going to be on, and as we say, speak truth to power, know that it's a lonely road and it's a one-way road. And once you turn down that road, it's no turning back because what happens after you start trying to turn is they're going to destroy your reputation and do all this other stuff. So Wherever his journey decides to take him, uh, I, I hope that he really uh, he really understand it. You can't turn back. He's got a yeah. thirst and a quench now for knowledge. So what's going to happen is he's only, as for lack of better words, I'm telling you from experience, he's only going to get worse when it comes with that information, because yeah. he has he has the money to travel, and mm-hmm. when he starts traveling and sitting with scholars of history scholars of religion they're going to tell him a lot of things scholars of spirituality they're going to tell him a lot of different things um right so with that we're going to close we didn't know we was going to have a two-hour show tonight but uh those are the topics that we want to discuss with the current events and um whoo we got a lot done today (laughs) thanks everybody for joining us and watching the show Y'all have a a blessed and safe night. Yes. Good night.